Are you looking for the newest and hottest in the world of pro wrestling? Then check out the amazing action on powerslam.tv, the biggest indie pro wrestling channel in the world. Get over 6,000 hours of the best events from over 150 of your favorite promotions from 20 different countries around the globe. Brands like Progress Wrestling, Evolve Wrestling, Combat Zone, Defy, PCW Ultra, PWX, Over the Top, Shine, and hundreds of others with fresh content added every day for only $5.99 per month. Get your free trial today at powerslam.tv. Hey, this is the national treasure, Nick Aldis, and you're listening to the All Night Long Wrestling Podcast. It's the All Night Long Wrestling Podcast. With the Enforcer. I believe they're called Enforcers, Gordon. I sell women's shoes. And the Stallion. Stallion, baby! I am not what you would call a handsome man. I'll kick you in the nuts and you'll smile at me and like it. All night! Welcome to another edition of the All Night Long Wrestling Podcast. We are your host, he's the Stallion, I am the Enforcer, and this week it's a very special episode. We are giving our year-end awards for the year for the dumpster fire that was uh, 2020. And um, we would be remiss as we record this on uh, December 29th as to not mention the passing of uh, John Huber, a.k.a. Brody Lee, a.k.a. Uh, Luke Harper, um, at the incredibly young age of uh, 41 years old. He passed away um, uh, two days ago now, and um, the wrestling world has been uh, devastated, to say the least. He is a young man that was really coming into the prime of his career, and he finally got the opportunity on the main stage that he deserved in AEW. And as soon as he was given the ball, um, he ran with it as the exalted one. He had great matches with Cody Rhodes, John Moxley, and thanks to um, the Young Bucks and BTE, I was able to uh, – because I, I haven't been keeping up on BTE, but I did watch this week's. And uh, it's safe to say, like, I was literally in tears watching it, not in tears and sadness, in tears and laughter, because uh, Brody Lee was one of the funniest human beings uh, I've ever seen on that show. Um his interactions with uh, John Silver, Alex Reynolds, um, the rest of the Dark Order, Evil Uno, and the the papers hitting people in the face with the papers. It was so, um, so well done to them. And I know Tony Khan is having a very special tribute um, tribute show this Wednesday as instead of the New Year's show. So I think it's a, a great gesture by them. And um, I'll be tuning in. And um, also, if you want to, you can get the uh, pro wrestling tees if you get um, Birdie Lee shirts. It goes all the proceeds, of course, go to directly to his family. As does, I believe, CM Punk said that, and maybe Mick Foley was the other um, professional wrestler that said 
all uh, for the next month, all of the proceeds of their shirts will go right to um, to the family of Brody Lee. So, uh, devastating news, Joe, but uh, something we had to touch on nonetheless. Yeah, it's very surprising. I, I think um, you know, not really much. I guess you know to add everything that you you mentioned. Uh, there was a lot of a lot of folks and outpouring of support and uh, praise for uh, Brody Lee and the person that he was. You know, by everyone's who knew him seems to you know say that he was a great a great man and a family man and, and all those important things in life so like you said earlier um I'm glad that he got an opportunity to have a run in AEW and become the TMT champion and had a really good feud with Cody and you know his part in the dark order really turned that group around and um, you know all his past stuff that he did with WWE and the Wyatt family so uh, you know these these things are you know, any any passing is unfortunate in the in the wrestling business. I think sometimes, at least, you know, the ones that happen to performers that are still, you know, in their prime or working every week on television, uh, hit a little bit harder. Um, just because you kind of you, I, you know, when my my family asked me about him because they had seen the news, and I said, uh, yeah, you know, he was just wrestling two months ago in October, and you know, now he passed due to a, a lung a lung issue, a lung disease that he contracted so it's just uh you know it's pretty crazy to to think about but yeah unfortunate sad news um you know especially during the holidays here but like you said AEW is going to do a tribute show to him this week uh, pushing back their regularly scheduled shows for the new year and I'm sure that they'll do you know they'll do right by it and uh and give a great tribute to him yeah it's crazy to think on the same day that Brody Lee passed um the news came later in the day so maybe it was um, the 27th, I'm not sure. Maybe it was two days ago, three days ago, but the morning was announced that Danny Hodge had passed away. One of the greatest professional wrestlers and amateur wrestlers of all time. And to think that Danny Hodge passed away at 89 and Brody Lee passed away at 41, less than half of, um, half of that age. It's uh, absolutely terrible. And of course it, it goes without saying, you know, we're thinking of Brody Lee, all of our best wishes, thoughts and prayers and everything else go out to uh, his family in this difficult time. But um, uh, sorry to kick things off on a bit of a somber note, but it had to uh, it had to be done. And now what we're going to do is uh, we're going to honor the memory of Brody Lee by talking about what the guy loved, um, professional wrestling. Uh, so we're going to get it. We have our star-studded, Joe, year-end award show, baby. We do it every year. Um, I'm going to let you lead off because you're the director and I'm a putz. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, so, uh, the 2020, of course, it was, as everyone has experienced a very unique year and that, that goes for the wrestling industry as well. Shit show. as some say that's also one way of putting it. Uh, and Tony Schiavone, uh, also once referred to WCW as a coffin on roller skates, which could also be what 2020 is. <laughs> that's great. That is a great analogy. Um, so we have traditionally eight categories and that's what we're going to do this year. Um, it'll be female wrestler, breakout star, uh, best tag team, uh, biggest disappointment, uh, best promotion, breast, best card. I said breast. Did you catch that? <laughs> I said breast. Yeah. That's uh, that's not this kind of podcast. We were talking about something else before the show. Um, best card, um, best match, and then uh, best male wrestler. So um, those, those will be the categories, and we'll start it off in that order. So we'll, why don't we kick it off with the female wrestler of the year. Mike, who do you, uh, who do you have as your female wrestler of the year for 2020? Well, Joe, this is going to sound sexist. 
But to me, there were very few women that I saw as dominant all year. Um, now, the thing is too, and we're, as we're talking about it, we have to take into account what happened this year, right? Like we have to take into account the fact that, you know, the fucking COVID happened and there were not a lot of wrestling matches. So it's, it's a tough situation, but to me, you know, and some wrestlers taking time off. Like I was trying to think of the female wrestler of the year. And um, I, I thought a lot about Dr. Britt Baker, but she wasn't in the ring a lot. Um, I thought uh, Charlotte Flair, she was out of the ring for a year. Um, there were some people that floundered to me. There was one woman that stood out above the rest um, the entire year. And that was NXT's Io Shirai. Um, she has been a uh, champion for uh, the better part of the year. She defeated Rhea Ripley and Charlotte Flair in a triple threat match uh, to get the NXT title. I think um, she's been, you know, and it's, it's tough because like the volume of matches for everybody, for the most part, aren't there this year, right? Like by comparison to last year. So you have to go on like the matches that they had and the impact they had. And when you look at um, women's wrestling in you know, let's just say um, in WWE and NXT, Io Shirai was the, pretty much the one constant all year. Um, there was kind of like a revolving door on SmackDown and Raw, and no real woman was at the pinnacle, the peak for um, for most of the year, except Bailey. But, um, you know, there's that. But uh, for me, I went with, uh, with Io Shirai as my women's wrestler of the year. Yeah, I think, like you said, I think as we go through all these categories, those things that you mentioned will factor in for sure. Um, some of the, you know, the down periods where there was inactivity for a lot of promotions, like Ring of Honor was down for a lot of the year. Um, New Japan was out for a good chunk of the year. NXT UK was on hiatus for a while. So a lot of that stuff does factor in. So that, that limits some of the choices that we would have, I think, in a normal year. But I also had Io Shirai the second year in a row for me that I've had her as the female wrestler of the year. She won the title, as you said, on June 7th uh, from Charlotte Flair and Rhea Ripley. So she's had it for about half the year. And, you know, in that time or even before that, she's had great matches with, you know, not only those two, but Candice LeRae, Dakota Kai, um, Tegan Knox, um, you know, as well as others. She has an upcoming feud with Tony Storm. She fought Rhea Ripley in a singles match. She's just been a very consistent performer, I think, for you know for a long time now. And and I'm I'm glad that she was able to become the champion. And I think that she, um, like you said, you know, Bailey and Sasha Banks are probably the other two folks that I would have con I considered for this. But I just enjoyed Io Shirai's in ring work uh, better than anyone else this year. So I went with uh, I went with Io as well. Yeah, and as an honorable mention, somebody you mentioned, this might seem like a weird pick and like a homer pick, but um, Candice LeRae, for me, is a woman that has been kind of booked like shit for the most part since the heel turn. Would you say, like, she wins a couple matches, loses the big one? Wins a couple matches, her record on takeover is probably worse than Bray Wyatt's was on those, you know, pay-per-views in a row. But um, I thought Candice LeRae had a phenomenal year and did everything that was asked of her in every single situation and is now really coming into her own as a character on the uh, Gargano way. So, yeah, I think she's been featured a lot more this year, which is good for her. And, uh, you know, I don't know if she'll, if and when she'll get the championship, but you know, she's definitely been in the mix for a while now. And I think she had a great year as well. Um, next up, let's go to breakout star. Dude, this one, I'm sorry to cut you off. This one, like I, this kept me up at night, Joe. I have like 47 honorable mentions. <laughs> 
Um, I don't want to be that guy. I, I, I chose the female wrestler of the year, so I'd like you to choose the breakout star of the year. So we'll go back and forth so it doesn't look like we're just um, – What's that word? Uh, what do they call that in the rap business? Biting off each other. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm not cool. So I don't know what the terms are for things. My breakout star of 2020 was, is uh, Thunder Rosa. I went with Thunder Rosa in this mm-hmm. category for a couple different reasons, but I think, I think primarily because, you know, we knew of Thunder Rosa and I think other people I'm sure did too, that followed a lot of the independent promotions. Uh, she was in Lucha Underground as well. Um, she worked in Ring of Honor, um, a couple of other, other places. But you know, she really kind of started the year with winning the NWA Women's Championship. Uh, that was on January 24th at Hard Times. She won the Women's Championship there. And since then, I think she kind of grew in terms of a following a little bit more. She became more known, I guess, in terms of televised wrestling with the NWA power at that point was still going um, on a weekly basis. And then later, you know, towards the middle of the year, she turned up in AEW as the NWA women's champion, um, you know, had a little bit of a feud with Hikaru Shida and had been featured on that show for a little while and created a little bit more internet buzz for herself as well. So I think that she's someone who, you know, before the year started was just kind of getting her, you know, dipping her toe in the water and becoming more of a national presence and over the course of the year she had the title all the way up until the end of October for the NWA um, and has been featured not only there but also in AEW and looks to have a lot of opportunities coming her way in 2021 so I went with Thunder Rosa that's a great pick Um, that's a great pick for Thunder Rosa Um, this is going to be a little bit different my breakout star of the year is 40 years old my breakout star of the year is uh, Eddie Kingston Eddie Kingston to me um, you know, I've, I've sung the praises of Eddie Kingston for years. Well, yeah, yeah you, you know, you and I have been talking about Eddie Kingston for six, seven, eight years now. We've seen him wrestle and evolve. Um, to me, a breakout star doesn't necessarily, you know, have to be somebody who's 19, 20 years old and just pops off on the scene. Eddie Kingston's been on the scene. Um, one of the OGs with Homicide, right? And Eddie Kingston, 39 years old, 40 years old, is given an opportunity on AEW to – he cuts a promo in a backyard. At a, at a GCW, I forget what show it was, but he cuts a promo saying he wants to fight three people. Um, Zach Sabre Jr., he wants to fight. He wants to fight Nick Aldis, and he wants to fight Cody Rhodes. Fast forward a couple of weeks, he's got a match with Cody Rhodes. He talks himself into a, a great promo where he tells Arn Anderson he's going to gouge his eye out. And then a couple months later, he's main eventing against John Moxley in what is one of the best feuds of the year. Um, Eddie Kingston went from being a guy that the diehards knew about to a guy that, holy shit, I just saw him on TV, and now I'm invested in everything he does. So for me, um, the breakout star of the year was Eddie Kingston. That's that's an excellent pick as well, and he you know he had a great year, and again he burst onto the the scene more nationally this year, and a lot of people knew how great he was, right? But now more people are getting to see it, so that's uh, also a great call. Uh, next up, a, we I'm have. Sorry. Um, so do you have honorable mentions? For this you, I, I want to know if you have honorable mentions. Uh, I don't know. I, I, honestly, when I thought about it, you know, Thunder Rosa was the first person that jumped to mind. Um, you know, I, I thought about maybe some folks like, you know, Drew McIntyre or Keith Lee, who, you know, if you look just at the years that they had, right, like McIntyre really from January till now has been the centerpiece of uh, WWE Monday Night Raw, whereas before he was kind of a, you know, solid mid to upper card guy. 
Um, Keith Lee, again, you know, he, he won and unified, well, temporarily unified the NXT and NXT North American titles for a brief time. And I think that was the peak of his year. Um, he got shifted to Raw, but I think he kind of got lost in the shuffle there for a little bit up until, you know, last night. when He just he, lost to Sheamus, right? He just beat Sheamus last night, actually. Oh, he beat Sheamus. And he is getting a WWE title shot next week. Uh, but I think that those guys have been established more, you know, just in NXT for a little bit, a little bit longer. So that's why I went with Thunder Rosa. Those are the other two names that came to mind for me. Uh, I'll give you three ones real quick. MJF, um, Pat McAfee, and Karrion Cross were three big guys that I was like, uh, but Cross, you know, Cross was in and out. McAfee was here for a cup of coffee and now he's off TV and MJF is kind of took a little bit of a dive this year, but uh, yeah, I'm going with Eddie. Next up, Joe tag team. Oh, you're the director. I suck. You, you tag team of the year. I chose the last topic for, I chose the last award uh, first. I'm going to go. No, you chose. Who chose? I went for, I went first for the last category. So you go first for this one. I'm going to go first for this category. Tag team of the year. Man, this is a tough one. God, this one was so tough, but I got to go with who I think is the best tag team professional wrestling right now. And that's FTR. Fuck the revival, fear the revelation, uh, whatever you want to call them. FTR. They burst onto the scene in AEW after just being treated like shit in WWE um, and jobbing in four-minute matches to Lucha House Party. And then they walk into AEW and they steal the show night after night. They're the best tag team in the world for a reason, and they're managed by the Midnight Stallion himself, Tully Blanchard. Uh, for me, it's FTR, Joe. Yeah, I also went with FTR. You know, it was, it was close to me between them and the Young Bucks. The Young Bucks have just had – continue to have great matches all the time is including with FTR, but I did go with FTR. Like you said, because since getting a chance in AEW, they've really proved that, you know, how good they are um, consistently with great matches, just about everybody that they've been in the ring with. Um, you know, they shot up the ranks very quickly. They won the tag titles. Their match with the young bucks was excellent. Their match with Omega and page was excellent. You know, again, and, and the Bucks had good matches with Omega and Page and FTR. So it was, it was hard, but I went with FTR just because of the impact that they've made. Um, the pairing with Tully Blanchard, as you said, is excellent. Um, so they were also my tag team of the year. I also had uh, the Bucks, and I had Omega and Hangman on there too as an honorable mention. So, yes. you ready for the next category? Uh, you're ready for the next category. Yeah, <laughs> Let's do this. <laughs> Biggest disappointment of 2020 and. Lord knows there was a lot to choose from uh, during the course of the year. But the biggest disappointment for me, just overall, um, and there's a lot of you know, ways to get in depth with this, but I, I went with the, the TV ratings for Monday Night Raw, which have really gone down the tubes this year. And pooper. I think it, at the beginning, in the pooper, yes. In the pooper? Is that what they say? I know, down the pooper. We were talking about porn before this show, and I feel like that's really impacting some of the things I'm saying. So Time out. Hold on. Let's just we'll see. Let's clear that up. We weren't talking about porn. Oh, we we were saying how one of our friends has a virtual reality Oculus gimmick that he got for his kid, and he can watch porn on it, and he can watch wrestling. And really, once you have that, what more do you need, Joe? Just porn on the brain. Um, <clears throat> porn, 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 porn. Yeah, so the, the ratings for pro wrestling in general – all kind of went in the tank once the pandemic started and things started to really get crazy back in the spring. But AEW and NXT, for example, have 
come back up to, you know, pre pandemic levels in terms of viewership. I think even Friday night SmackDown has been a little more steady, especially being on Fox. I know they did a big radio on Christmas, but Monday night raw, I went back and looked today to see what their ratings were in January before the pandemic. And then I know where they bottomed out like a week or two ago. So back in February, in the middle of February, they did 2.437 million views, viewers, um, and they did a 0.79 demo rating in the 18 to 49 demo, right? And they, they've had, like, there were weeks where it was about 0 0.8, 0 0.79. So that's right around, like, where, you know, a peak week for them was. On December the 14th, they did 1.526 million viewers, which is about a 900,000 viewer decrease, and a 0.41 rating in the 18 to 49 demo which is about half so they've lost about a million viewers close to it and the 18 to 49 demo has been cut in half and i think that you know, we could talk about this for a long time but i think that the long and short of it is not any different than i think most people are thinking and saying other places which is the product sucks yeah the creative direction um and continuity that happens on Monday Night Raw, the, you know, the three-hour show, whatever you want to call it, just the, the poor booking has been a big problem, and it's just not a show that people want to tune into for three hours every week. It's just not. Let, let me ask you something in your professional opinion before we get off. I don't want to get off track here. If you're a fan of wrestling, right, and <laughs> touche, and you were watching Monday Night Raw, mm. and AEW comes along, and now you're watching AEW. And, oh, wow, NXT is on USA, too. And now you're watching NXT. And you see the level of wrestling and the quality of a show you get on Wednesday night. Are you just like, all right, I invested four hours on Wednesday night in watching wrestling. I don't have it in me to watch another three hours. So does Wednesday night hurt Monday Night Raw? I think that, you know, it's, there's a lot of choices now for people, right? So before it was it was monday night raw and it was smackdown right whatever night that was on and that was that was pretty much it right unless you were a big impact fan but the last couple of years they've been they've been hard to find right but now with dynamite on wednesdays and now nxt coming up on usa like you said um you know fans can you know make make their choices so maybe people that are in that 18 to 49 demo are watching dynamite instead uh, because they, they like it better and they won't watch raw anymore. So that's certainly a possibility. You know, I don't know if there's ways, you know, breakdown of how that works, but I mean, you can look at the demos and stuff and see that, you know, there are times where dynamite on Wednesday will do more, a higher rating in that demographic than Monday night raw will do. So, you know, that could definitely be a part of it in addition to the, the lackluster programming that they're putting on every Monday, but. You know, lackluster they, is wildly generous by the way. Yeah. So anyway, that was my, that's my biggest disappointment for 2020. I don't know if that's going to turn around in 2021 at all. I think everybody hopes that it will, but we'll see. Uh, really short and sweet to the point. My biggest disappointment for 2020, um, professional wrestling-wise, angle-wise at least, has been retribution. Um, there was such a, a groundswell of, holy shit, what is going on? Did they just firebomb uh, whatever and all this stuff? And it was pretty cool for like, well, like a month maybe. And then uh, I, it, it – it's Joe. It's worse than the gobbledygooker, <laughs> and I'm not just saying that to like, oh, to get a chuckle. Like, literally, it's one of the worst P 
pieces of creative shit I've ever, I've literally ever seen in my life. It's, it's so bad. I, I, I'm mad that somebody got paid to think of this. Like it had so much promise. You know, retribution is my biggest, I don't want to get, (laughs) it, it, you know what really got me mad? Like when Retribution was like fighting Keith Lee and all this shit, and like when Keith Lee and all the, the baby faces would beat him down, they would never go for the mask. They would, you know, that, that would never be a thing. We don't want to find out who Retribution is. You got fucking Mason T Bar. I just played last night about an hour of Mutant League football, and the names in Mutant League football are very similar to the names through the Retribution guys. So, uh, Retribution was one of the things that I think WWE could have used to pull the nose up um, in the ratings if it was done even not. I'm not saying properly. I'm just saying remotely average, and uh, they failed historically. So for me, it's Retribution. That's fair. Yeah, I think uh, I think one week Mia Yim's mask fell off, and then they just proceeded to put it back on the next week. And nobody knew who the fuck Mia Yim was. Nobody had any idea. Holy shit! And you're gonna put on your network that Mia Yim and Keith Lee are dating, and it's... Reckoning, bro. Reckoning. The only thing that's getting wrecked is... That's what she said. Continue. Next up is best promotion of 2020. How about you start us off on this one, Mikey? It's AEW. Um, To be able to do what they've done in such a short amount of time, um, they've built an amazing roster. They've put on consistently... Their worst show has been um, slightly above average to me in the year plus it's been on. Um, the pay-per-views always deliver. Um, the quality of the in-ring is very good. And if something doesn't work, they bail on it. They don't beat us over the head because it was their idea. Um, AEW has been my favorite promotion this year. Yeah, I also went with AEW. In some ways, it's almost by default uh, because WWE has, of course, had some major issues this year. Um, AEW has outperformed NXT. And then when you look around the world at different promotions like New Japan, um, you know, Impact, Progress is on hiatus. Still, like, there's a lot, of, a lot of places that are just have not been working because of the pandemic. And I think one of the reasons why AEW is, it, is the choice for me is because of how they've, they've handled the pandemic and the situation better than any other promotion in terms of making sure that if they do have any fans, there's protocols and keeping things safe and et cetera, et cetera. So I went with AEW as well. Dude, it's crazy to think AEW had four and a half months of shows with fans and they've had nine months of shows without fans. Isn't that, that's like, yeah. And they, like, I just watched, um, one of the, uh, I forget what match it was, but it was an early AEW match during the pandemic. And it was like night and day compared to what they do now and how they were able to adapt um, for a young company. So I think that was a great, great job by them. All right. So next up we have the card of the year. And I will start us off. Is that Hunter or Buster that wants me to see okay with me starting off? Chance gave the initial bark telling you it's okay. And Hunter was like, Nope, not today. Motherfucker. And oh he, man. He actually ran upstairs looking back, barking downstairs. It was amazing. There I don't is. blame him. That's upset. Well, hopefully he's okay with my choice for card of the year. Okay. For card of the year. I went with wrestle kingdom night one. 
this year, back in January. Is that yours as well? Did I? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'll you, just real quick. I, I won't go into. I mean, just list off some of the matches on that card and why I think it's it's great. They're not the full card, but on that card was John Moxley versus Lance Archer in a Texas Death Match. So good. United States Championship. Um, Hiromu Takahashi versus Will Ospreay for the junior heavyweight title. Naito versus Jay White for the intercontinental title. And then oh. Okada versus Ibushi for the world title. Jay White Jay White yes. So in addition to that, it was uh, the two-night card of Wrestle Kingdom featured the last matches of Juice and Thunder Liger. He was on this card. There's other things on the card that, but that, you know, I just wanted to list off what I thought the top matches were. And all those matches that I listed were, were good to great. So that was why that is my card of the year. And that was again, before the pandemic hit. So there was a full Tokyo dome of fans um, in the building to really, you know, enhance the atmosphere. So that was my card of the year. Yeah. I, I'm just going to piggyback on everything you said. That was also my uh, match card of the year. We get it. This fucking guy, man. Yeah, um, the top form. <laughs> he wants to weigh in. Is he a night? Is he more? It's a night two. Is it because the titles get unified? Is that what this is about? He's I can't. Really now, now it's everybody. So I just we should All just right. lay out and let them bark, and we could record yeah. that. I got this. <laughs> I hope everyone who's watching on video can see what's happening in the background right now. Well, unless there's anything else that you wanted to, anything else you wanted to get into on that, or should we go into the next category, buddy? Go into the next category, he says. All right. The next category is match of the year. And as I can see, Mike is still screaming at the animals. I, I can go first on this one too, buddy, if you want. You let me know. Sounds like I'm going to go first. Okay. So, uh, to me, uh, match of the year, 2020 is from NXT UK. It's Walter versus Ilya Dragunov from October 29th episode of NXT UK. NXT UK has not had a takeover pay-per-view in quite some time due to the pandemic. They were supposed to have one and it got postponed a couple of times and now I'm not really sure when they're having it. But the Walter versus Ilya Dragunov match that I watched was brutal. Um, It had a great story leading into it as uh, Ilya Dragunov had pinned Walter first person to pin Walter in NXT UK in a uh, tag match a couple weeks prior. There was a lot of heat between them in the buildup. I really bought into Dragunov as a serious contender in the match, which I think was excellent. It was hard hitting. It was brutal. Um, anyone who hasn't seen the match and has the WWE network should check it out. It was, it was the match of the year for me. Um, and I won't get into any sort of um, honorable mentions until you give your choice, Mike. So your match of the year was Ilya Dragunov versus Walter. Correct? Yes. I had a tie for match of the year. And since you went with Ilya Dragunov versus Walter, I'm going to go with the other part of my tie. And that was uh, Hangman and Omega versus the Young Bucks. Um, I'm a sucker for great tag team wrestling. It had everything. It had a story. Um, it had near falls. It, it, it had holy shit moments. It had a months and months of buildup it's still we're still dealing with the fallout it's one of the best storylines of the year and i love tag team wrestling so uh for me the match of the year was uh hangman omega versus young bucks excellent did you have any other honorable mentions for that category or was that those the top two for you uh the only other one i had on there was uh haromo 
versus Will Ospreay from Wrestle Kingdom Night One, which you and I watched, uh, I think together. Me, not sure, but I, yeah, we did watch together. Wasn't sure where, and I remember standing up and screaming a lot. So I went back and rewatched it, and it was so so good. So yeah, I uh, also had Okada versus Ibushi from Wrestle Kingdom, as we mentioned, and also the Young Bucks and FTR match that happened a couple months ago was was also very good. Um, those are the ones that really were the tops for me. NXT had some good ones. Um, I also like the Men's Royal Rumble, but they were not on the same tier of you know those ones that I think you and I mentioned. So, Agreed. So. I had um, Finn Balor and Kyle O'Reilly just below um, the ones you mentioned. So Yes. And finally, the last category is the Male Wrestler of the Year. And I will let you take this one to start. But this was a tough one. Um, as I mentioned earlier, the same deal with the um, the women's wrestler of the year. There weren't too many people that stood out to me, at least being all year long, right? Like, if you look at as wrestlers of the year, you, you know, especially in the year twenty twenty, a lot like uh, the problem with a lot of the w- uh, women's wrestlers of the year that I was thinking about had to have like a lot of breaks, and they were up and down, up and down, up and down. To me, there's one wrestler, uh, well, two. There's two guys to me that were aces all year long, both had great storylines all year long, but I went with the guy that I think is um, a little bit better in the ring and showed his versatility this year. Versatility, there's another T in there. You see um, no, I'm sorry. I, was, I get. I'm just getting excited. I, I'm on the edge of my seat here. I'm trying to guess who it is. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I'll lay out. Okay. I'm controlling my own narrative right now, and I'm telling you that my men's wrestler of the year is Kenny Omega of AEW. Kenny Omega started the year off. I I, I just want to go over a couple of his matches this year. Um, Tag team title four way Adam Page Kenny like that's when it started for me and that was January of 2020. They won the tag team titles and Kenny Omega, who is not known as a tag team wrestler, formed one of my favorite tag teams of the year with Hangman Adam Page when they won the titles uh, on the boat, I believe. Right? It was on the boat. On the it was on the Jericho cruise. Yes. Yeah, and he had. He's also the AAA Mega Champion. Um, just some of the matches this year, uh, Hangman and Kenny Omega defeated Jimmy Havoc, Kip Sabian, The Natural Nightmares, Best Friends, Private Party, Jurassic Express, The Dark Order, um, Jurassic Express again, FTR. Um, the, I'm sorry, the, uh, the FTR beat them, of course. But for a guy that's been the best bout machine going 45, 55 minutes by himself to be able to mold himself into a tag team wrestler is amazing in itself. And then the AEW uh, tournament eliminator where he ran through Sonny Kiss, which actually you said was your favorite Sonny Kiss match, right? It's also my favorite Kenny Omega match, but yes. (laughs) Um, And then he beat uh, Pentagon and Adam Page in the finals. He's been booked so well. His match against Moxley was fantastic. Um, and then he, he's now on this kind of career trajectory where everybody thought he was going to be when AEW first started. And now the dude's over there in impact wrestling, cleaning up. He's uh, the belt collector. I think that might be his new shirt, new nickname, new gimmick, but, um, there's nobody 
better in the or in the company in, in wrestling right now than Kenny Omega. I went with uh, John Moxley for the year. I think he just had, you know, it really started for him. I think in 2019, you know, when he joined AEW, was starting to work in New Japan in the G1. Uh, but you know, at the beginning of the year, we met, we we mentioned he had the match with Lance Archer in Japan, and then came over to back to back to the United States in AEW. He beat Chris Jericho, um, he beat Brody Lee, he beat Eddie Kingston. Um, you know, he finally lost the title to Omega. He beat MJF in a match on pay-per-view. Those are the pay-per-view matches. And he also beat guys like Lance Archer and Brian Cage and stuff like that on TV. So um, to me, all, 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 all of his matches were very good, if not better than that. I mean, I know his style sometimes is not for everybody. It's a little bit more of a brawling style. Sometimes he gets hardcore. Um, but you know what? Uh, Steve Austin, when he was in his you know heyday in the WWF in the you know Attitude Era, was working the same type of way, right? Um, yeah, and, so. But- to your point, even when Moxley doesn't get hardcore and he has a wrestling match, he's a great wrestler. Yeah, and uh, and the storylines building up to those matches always seem to have something. You know, he used to always have something behind it, right? Like the the match with Kingston, they had history. Um, I remember when he fought Brian Cage. I think Cage had like a shoulder or an arm issue, and he was going to work on that, right? Uh, MJF, there was a storyline building up to that. You know, so everything that he had seemed to just he was very invested in it. He was a top level draw um in terms of you know tv ratings and i guess when when there was attendance he was just he's just a big name and he, he performed very well and i just to me looking at it overall package between promos matches and you know just drawing power star power um he was the guy this year for me you know adam cole had another great year i think in nxt but you know, i had him last year so, so I, I think this year just it's moxley just stood out to me this year i mean again you can make cases for other guys that you know Drew McIntyre had a great year. I just, you know, his, the match quality for him, not his fault, I think. Right. It's just, you know, the stuff, how he was the, his, yeah, yeah. So some of it wasn't just, you know, it was kind of out of his control, but, you know, he had a great year as well. But I went with, I went with John Moxley. I think, you know, he, he just really stood out to me in, in 2020 through everything that went on as, as the best guy. Yeah. I had a, John Moxley was the other guy I was really torn on, but I looked at, um, to me, Kenny Omega had more on his resume this year. Um, his match quality was great, but he was also doing um, – he had a lot more uh, a lot more matches. Adam Cole was a guy I looked at too, but he just wasn't not, – not saying he wasn't consistent, but he wasn't able to consistently wrestle. So I went with um, a little more quantity. But I, I would agree with that. Um, everything you said about John Moxley, it's definitely been his best year yet, and he'll be around in AEW for, uh, for quite a long time. So – that's it, man. That wraps up the 2020 in a nutshell. Well, good riddance to 2020. 2020 um, kind of ruled for me. I mean, I, I don't want to be that guy, but like, I, you know, it wasn't. I've. Oh, shit. I'm sorry, Hunter. Hunter, I don't know if you heard that. He's right next to me. He's yeah, like, he said, up. he said, Dad, do you remember that you had COVID? That's what he said. Yeah, and look how I turned out. Everything's fine. <laughs> You know, everything's uh, cool. But, yeah, 2020 is in the books, man. It's uh, We're recording this on December 29th. We have – he's eating something weird. That's not – it's not edible, whatever it is. That's fine. Um, we have – what is that? New Year's Evil, I believe, is the NXT show coming up, right? Yeah, I don't even know, dude. Yeah, I think New Year's Evil is NXT show – What's the AEW one? Is it New Year's Bash or something like that? Yes, New Year's Bash. Okay. It sounds very New Japan. Yes. And speaking of New Japan, the Wrestle Kingdom is next week. 
Feel that segue? Did you feel that? Got you right in there. We will be doing a uh, Wrestle Kingdom prediction show at some point once you and I put the pen to paper on this. And breaking news, um, we will have a guest on the All Night Long Wrestling Podcast tomorrow. Joe, did you know that? I did not know that. But you know what? I'm just, I'm just the background guy. You know what I mean? I'm only on the, you know, at the bottom of the boat, the barnacle that's attached. That's really where I stand. So you just let me know where you need me and when, and I will, uh, I'll be there. That's it. I need you to come over here and play with Hunter because tomorrow, um, we have ring of honor star from the righteous Vita Von star, uh, joining the all night long wrestling podcast. So she's got quite the interesting, um, life inside and outside of the ring. I, I need to ask her why she's with Vincent. Um, I don't get everybody's fascination, with the guy, he's a serial murderer, right? Kellyanne, big Vincent Mark, and, you know, Vita Von Starr, part of the righteous. Something's going on with Vincent, Joe. Something very uh, Manson-like, and I don't like it. I want to get to the bottom of it tomorrow. Mm. Big Marilyn Manson fan. All right, buddy. Well, that sounds good. So we got a lot of content uh, coming out this week uh, for everybody, and we'll get this up on our Wrestling Headlines uh, friends website. Um, and all other places where you can download podcasts for the all night long wrestling podcast. Where can people find us on social media? I always forget the, what is it? The at symbol. What is it? I don't know. How do they, how does that work? It's uh at all night long WP on your Instagram. <laughs> COVID residuals mm. um, at all night long WP on Facebook, on Instagram. Um, actually it's facebook.com slash all night long WP and then at on that long WP on Instagram and Twitter, which is where we are the most busiest, most busy, most, what's the word I'm looking for? The most active. active. There we go. And, um, as you mentioned, our friends over at wrestling headlines, um, where if you follow them on their YouTube, that is where you can find all of our shows on there. They have some great breaking news. They do a lot of, um, post show for raw, God bless them for being able to sit through three plus hours of that shit. Um, NXT, AEW. And if you want to support the All Night Long Wrestling Podcast, check out this hat, Born Scum. Check out our friends over at Born Scum Clothing Company. Use the promo code All Night Long. You get hats, you get hoodies, you get flat brims, you get t-shirts, you get everything. They're a positive company. Positive Joe but pissed like most of us are in this world today. So check out our friends at born scum clothing company and use the promo code all night long. And until well, tomorrow we'll be back uh, right here at the all night long wrestling podcast. We're tapping out.